Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, this is Levins, and here to let you know that this episode of All the Small Games is brought to you by me, specifically my five podcasts, which include this one you're about to listen to, but uh, this week I'm releasing new episodes of all five of my podcasts, and those podcasts are, of course, Hey Fam, Serious Issues, The Mitchin, Old Raps, and this one, All the Small Games. You can find all of those podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher or... Uh, Overcast, John, you know, lots of different uh, podcast apps. What other ones could they find them on? <laughs> you said iTunes, right? Yeah, I did. And, you're, sti- you're and no Stitcher. We're done. <laughs> um, but the cool thing about this week is that, uh, you know, if you want to give give my other podcasts a chance uh, for the first time ever, uh, there's added incentive in doing that because there's a secret message being given away at the start of each of the episodes. <laughs> and when you put all of those messages together, they reveal something cool that is re- your reward for listening to all five of my podcast episodes this week. Uh, and today, I'm going to give you the special clue, the part of the secret message for this episode. And the special clue is .com. <laughs> <laughs> what could it be referring to, John? Uh, the character from 30 Rock? It's exactly right. Nice. It's this very special episode all about my favorite character from 30 Rock. I was hoping it'd be you listen to all five episodes and it will tell you where the antidote to the poison I've given you is. <laughs> I'll do that next time. Poison all the listeners <laughs> and then give them an antidote, but yeah. only if they listen to all of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much uh, to all the small gains for allowing me uh, this uh, avenue to uh, peddle my wares. Again, those uh, other podcasts are Hey Fam, Serious Issues, The Mitchin, and Old Raps. Enjoy the show. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of All the Small Games, episode number three. Big three. Uh, my name's Andrew Levins. I am Jonathan Valenzuela. Jonathan. JV, I don't know, John Valenzuela. I've been leaving letters off your, off your name every time I, t- I tell it to people. Uh, they're, they're all silent anyway most of the time. It's like, you know, yeah, you get you get a four-syllable last name. You're only getting one for the first. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Just a nod and then Valenzuela. <laughs> um, so on today's show, we are going to be talking about all of the indie games, the small games, if you will, yep. uh, that were announced during the E3 conferences that happened over the weekend. And um, my, well, yeah, my God, there were so many good indie games. If you, if you, like, you had to kind of look for them and watch maybe outside of some of the bigger keynotes, but there were a heap of great indie games in there. Totally. But before we get to that... Uh, it's about the games that we've been playing recently. Yes. It's been a month since we last recorded, and uh, we just need to inform everybody of the many indie games that we've been playing. 
damn straight. Uh, uh, you've probably got a lot more under your belt than I do because uh, the good folk of Montana have needed saving and Far Cry 5 is my jam at the moment. Get that big game talk out of this podcast. True, true. This uh, podcast is all about indie games, uh, games made by smaller developers or smaller experiences made by other developers. Yeah, they that's may be, true. They may be funded by the big publishers, but yep. uh, you know, at, at heart, these are games that, that are on the small side, hence all the nothing, small games. Nothing over 50 bucks. I was going to say like, like For- 10, <laughs> 20, oh, no, no. 20, 40, 40, 40? A, a way out was 40 bucks, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. That's that. That's the most expensive game that we've that we've talked we've about so far. Probably reviewed so far. Yeah. Okay. Right. That, that maybe that maybe is, is the benchmark then. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, I look forward to breaking that benchmark. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'll go through a, a list of some of the games that uh, I've been playing over the last month, uh, starting with a little game called Yoku's Island Express. I've been seeing raves for this game. Everyone's really into it. Uh, so this is a game made by. Um, Villa Gorilla is a developer and was published by Team 17, best known for publishing uh, the Worms games. Yeah, they've actually they've uh, they've been publishing heaps of stuff lately. I've been yeah. seeing their logo. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I've just been seeing their logo pop up more and more often. Team 17, yeah. yeah. And they're actually doing Overcooked, who announced a sequel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This last week as well. Yep. Um, uh, we should point out that we are, we're recording outside in a beer garden, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So we, there may be distractions. I actually brought a third mic in case we want to just... Invite, Inter- interview in- some other people? Yeah, yeah, just like sure. elderly, elderly, let's, elderly let's drinkers. The, let's ask the bartender, what have you been playing lately? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Yoko's Island Express is uh, a game that brings together the worlds of Metroidvania Exploration mm-hmm. uh, and Pinball. Yeah, uh, so cool mechanic. I would say I probably play like four Metroidvania games. Well, actually, no, I have evidence in my hand right now that I haven't this month. <laughs> Maybe two Metroidvania games. Uh, a month, yeah, uh, which is the combination of Super Metroid and uh, Castlevania, where you are essentially like you know it's like an action platformer. You're going through, you're shooting yourself, sorry, <laughs> shooting others. That's dark. <laughs> uh, you're shooting enemies and gradually upgrading your weapons and your abilities that allow you to go back to areas you visited earlier in the game, and they open up new parts of those areas, and you can explore new new places because yeah. of the abilities you I think get access to. That's the big difference from your general platformer, which tends to run left to right. Yep. You run through a level, you finish the level, you move on to the next level, whereas yep. Metroid, Metroidvanias are you have a giant map to explore, bits of which are locked off yes. until you get certain things. Totally. Um, and so Yoki's Island Express, you play a dung beetle um, who is attached to a ball, um, and basically you move the ball left or right, and the uh, your shoulder buttons uh, control left and right flippers, that like pinball um, flippers, yeah. that you come across throughout the environment. Awesome. Um, and you've basically you you're, you've been assigned the job as the new uh, like head of the delivery service. So you're essentially a, a postman. Okay. Uh, post beetle. You're a post beetle. A dung. A post. A post dung. Post dung beetle. Uh, um, oh. And uh, yeah, you've got to basically make your way through all this um, through this massive island, um, and and deliver packages to to different people that you meet in your journey, um, and basically get. Save, basically save, save the island yeah. uh, in, in the process. Uh, and you get access to different abilities. Like, you can, you can do different kind of, of jumps and you get, like, little, like, kind of friends that can help you do certain things to allow you to access areas, to allow you to, like, swim. Okay. Um, and uh, it is such a beautiful, vibrant game that... Is so well written as well. This, that, 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 you know, a, a lot of games are just like you know the the, sim- the simplicity of the story 
isn't important. It's just about the characters and how well written the characters are yeah. that you encounter while you're playing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 it's such a great little like inventive mashup of. Uh, of, of two things that I'm a big fan of. I fucking love a, a good, good game of pinball. Nice. And uh, cool. I've already said how much I love Metroidvania games. And this, yeah, it, it totally is, uh, uh, you know, transcended my expectations of, of what those two would be like together. Awesome. Because when, when I heard about it, I was like, how the fuck is that going to work? Yeah. But it, it works really, really well. It's an astoundingly good game for the Switch. Uh, I played it completely handheld. Um, I played, actually, I had a little bit where it, when it was docked and I found that the... Um, there's a bit of lag in uh, okay. input lag, um, and I could never... There's a certain thing you unlock that allows you to spin around and around pegs, right. and you go around quite fast, and when I would release in handheld mode, it was pretty precise, but if yeah. I was docked, it would like, could, I would go in the opposite direction. Could never nail it. Yep. All right, cool. Um, What's that? Yoku's Island Express. Yoku's, Yoku's Island, Island uh, Express. Look, there's no, no one actually says Yoku at any point. But, sure. Uh, yeah. And th- there's a great twist... Um, there's a great twist uh, with uh, in regards to the, the, the main enemy, and then uh, an awesome redemption for said enemy. Oh, cool! Okay. Highly recommend it. Oh, nice. Hey, everybody! Sudden change in scenery. Um, yeah. Also, sudden change in day. Yeah. It's now Tuesday night. Uh, we uh, we started recording the episode uh, outdoors in the great outdoors. Yes. It was stupid cold. It was. Um, and uh, suddenly, other people started rocking up, and we were like, "Hey, we we can't do this anymore." No, no, we couldn't. So we put it off, and now here it is, Tuesday night, and yep. we are back into it. So we just finished with Yoku's Island Express. That's right, and so now I guess it's time for you to tell me, John, what a game that you've been playing recently. Okay, um, I have been dabbling in a game called House Flipper. Yeah, this is like, I'm so keen to hear you go in, in depth of this game. It's it's a game that I can honestly say that you would not enjoy in the slightest cool. levels. Yeah. <laughs> It was making waves on the internet about a month ago, um, and I naturally snapped it up the day that I saw it. So, House Flipper is a simulation game, uh, very much in the vein of... I'm a, I'm a sucker for these simulator games, like, huge fan of Farm Simulator on iOS, and I got deep into Car Mechanic Simulator, like, about a year ago. <laughs> so, House Flipper is essentially a renovation simulator. Okay, but before you, you tell me that I, I'm going to hate this, remember how much I love games like Game Dev Story... And all of the Ty- is, Taito Soft games. Okay, I'll, I'll turn you off it with with Cairo Soft. With, I guess, with three letters, FPS. What the? F- what? It, it's an FPS. It's a first-person shooter. Oh, sorry, other. FPR. It's FPR. a first-person renovator. Okay, like, you know what? Continue describing yeah. this game. <laughs> so, so it's as I've said, it's a first-person game. Um, you are you're a person who's starting a renovation company. And so you start off, like, the eventual goal is to buy houses and renovate them in the way you want and then sell them on to people. But when you start, you don't have that much money. So you take on jobs. And the jobs are pretty cool because they kind of function as tutorials. Like, the first few jobs are all just, please clean my house and install a radiator. So it teaches you, like, okay, you go into the house, you pick up garbage, you got to mop up stains and dirt and stuff shows you kind of the mechanics for installing things, and then each job sort of pro- gets progressively a little bit more complex, a little bit bigger. It might be... There were jobs I was playing where it's like still the same clean the house thing, but the houses are much, much bigger this time. Um, yeah, and so eventually once you earn enough money, you can start actually buying houses and then sort of doing what you want to them. There are customers for the houses who will have requests like, we need three bedrooms for, you know, us and our two children, or I like blue living rooms, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so you sort of follow their orders and then sell the house on afterwards. Um, it's it's amusing. I was 
highly amused for about the five or so hours that I played it. Wow. And then Is the writing decent or there's no writing. Oh. There's there's you just it's just you in a house oh. fixing stuff up. It it's kinda cool in that it's very handholdy is not the word, but it very clearly outlines what they need you to do. And so, like the, wait, so, okay, so I'm used to like the Animal Crossing version of this, where right. it's like somebody wants something, but they're a cute chipmunk with a hat, yeah, and they have a defined personality, and you want to make them happy because they're written really cutely, and you just, you just, or you, you cannot sleep if those, if the, those, that little chipmunk's cheeks aren't rosy with the satisfaction that you made him a new apron. <laughs> you would fucking hate this game, dude. <laughs> there is literally like you get emails on your computer that tell you oh i want this to happen to my like but does that does a person who send you an email wear a hat <laughs> no no they don't it's um like i said i'm i'm a sucker for these kind of games um so it's i mean people were jokingly calling it like you know this is the closest we'll ever get to renovating a house living in sydney kind of thing um it is it is amusing if that's kind of what you want to do and i can i can see it as being one of those games that's like you get your mum into games by, you know, or your dad or something by showing them this game because it just kind of, you know, oh, I'd like this living room to be blue kind of thing. Um, yeah, it has, a, it has a kind of cool little RPG thing about it. Like, as you perform tasks, you unlock points to upgrade your equipment or, like, so you can upgrade, like, your mop so it cleans more dirt or it cleans it more efficiently or you, you know, you can earn extra money by haggling on jobs, that kind of thing. So that was a cool little wrinkle on top. But um, I I did jobs for ages and then looked at the house, the actual, like, buy a house and renovate it thing. And I was like, there are other games that I could be playing right now. <laughs> but it did, the funny thing is it did remind me of a game that I want to give a big shout out to, which is, um, it's a game called Viscera Cleanup Detail. Okay. And this, this you might appreciate. It's a little bit weirder. Uh, in Viscera Cleanup Detail, you play a janitor who is sent in after situations like you know, a, a mutated species in a biolab has gone mad and killed everyone in the lab. So your job is to go in and, like, pick up all the dismembered corpses and mop up the blood and all the bullet casings and, like, fix things that have been broken. Um, it's it's in a very similar vein to House Flippers. You have kind of... you have Your task is to clean up the place and, you know... At first, if, if you're not into those kind of games, you get bored quickly. But I, I'm, a, as I said, I'm a sucker for it, so... Last year sometime I spent a good weekend just going level after level like where's that last goddamn blood stain like <laughs> and it's it's got a like kind of evil sense of humor and that like you can kick op- you can kick over the bucket you've been mopping with spilling you know bloody water everywhere Fuck. or like the machine that you get buckets of water from might randomly dispense organs <laughs> occasionally meaning that you've got a, you've now got like blood all around the machine you've been working on to clean up um, so yeah, that's that's a very fun and weird sort of version of House what's, Flipper. What's it called again? Viscera Cleanup Detail. It's funny given that like I often play video games instead of cleaning up, yeah. but like cleaning up folk features in so many video games that I it's, play. This is true. Like last night, I played the um, uh, Luigi's Mansion arcade game okay. at, at Time Zone at Macquarie Center, right. uh, which is a, a Japanese game that I've I've been like always wanted to play, and now like heaps of really great uh, Japanese arcade games can be found at this Time Zone, which I'm super excited about. That's cool, including a Rabbids VR roller co- roller coaster. Damn roller coaster, a roller coaster, a more of roller old, old fangled roller coasters. Coaster. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, in that in the Luigi's Mansion one, you were literally holding a vacuum cleaner and sucking up ghosts. Oh, amazing! <laughs> but like, yeah, like an actual yeah. like vacuum cleaner with a with a light attachment on it. Nice, fun game. All those arcades with their awesome like, it's not it's not a mouse, it's not a controller. You have an actual vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah, like uh, what's the classic? Uh, is it Cubit that has you um control with like a a ball like a trackpad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there are a few there are a few trackpaddy kind of games. I know a lot. Like there was a PGA golf one that had a trackball. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> sick. But yeah, so House Flipper, if you're really into the concept of renovating a house, play that. Otherwise, I highly recommend Viscera Cleanup Detail. It's weird and fun for a while. Awesome. Um, well, uh, so I've spoken about Yoku's Island Express, which is a game that I finished in the last uh, since, since we last recorded. And I finished another game since then too, and it's called Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Now, do you know anything about Bloodstained, John? No, I don't. So, Bloodstained is the name of a new franchise that is being made um, by uh, Koji Igarashi, and he is one of the former series producers for the Konami series Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. if you follow Konami, the Japanese video game company, closely at all, you know that they don't make very many games these days, and they are one of the most hated video game publishers in the world, Ooh. because they mostly make pachinko machines yeah, instead those, of video games. those lousy pachinko fucks. And they have so many um, beloved franchises that barely get... I mean, we, we get a, a new Bomber, Bomberman game every now and then. Sure. Um, and it's really bizarre that Castlevania, of all them, like, given we, there was a Netflix series that came out that's getting a second season very soon. Yep. Um, um, a couple of years back, um, and you know it, it's a beloved um, series. Sure. Like, and there's so many different iterations of it, um, dating all the way back to the NES. There's kind of always been a, a Castlevania game on every console up until recent uh, generations. Uh, so, upon kind of realizing that Konami would never make another Castlevania game, um, Koji Igarashi decided to make his own. Pretty much blatant uh, like clone of uh, of Castlevania. Homage? <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is coming out. Um, it's not out yet. It was, a, it was, it was kick-started. Um, it, it raised more than $5.5 million Hot after only, only trying to chase $500,000. Um, <laughs> Good it, Lord. It, it was the most funded video game crowdfunded campaign until um, Shenmue 3 was announced. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so they've been making this for the last few years. It's it's like kind of like a uh, like a two point five D kind of uh, graphic upgrade. All right. Uh, so it's still like a, a platformer. Have you played a Castlevania game before? Uh, ages ago, but it's I think spooky themed uh, like game in which you. Uh, you know, you play a guy with a whip making yeah. his way through a haunted castle and mm-hmm. killing monsters, and you upgrade your abilities, then you return to rooms that you've been to before. I feel like I've already said this. Oh, like this, a Metroidvania. Except it's a Castlevania. It's where oh. the Vania part of Metroidvania came from. Um, <laughs> Vania. That, and that's kind of what the, the series kind of became known for um, uh, from Symphony of the Night, which was the PS, uh, PS1 mm-hmm. uh, Castlevania game. Anyway, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is going to be, I guess, like an upscaled version of... Uh, what um, the Symphony of the Night and the uh, DS uh, Castlevania games were like. Yeah. Um, but as a Kickstarter bonus, they announced they were going to do a game that uh, was going to harken back to what Castlevania was before it was about that kind of like progression, leveling up, going back to the area, um, adventure kind of game, and just going to be pretty much like a straight up hack and slash cool. haunted uh, game like it was on the NES and the Super Nintendo. Dope. Um, and so that game 
hilariously, was finished long before um, uh, Ritual of the Night was finished because we still don't have a release date for Ritual of the Night. Uh, although apparently at E3 it was almost finished. Right. Um, um, anyway, the game is called Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. It was uh, developed by and published by Inti Creates, who uh, gave us... Um, they've done Mega Man games in the past. Um, they have uh, done on the Switch recently um, Blaster Master Zero. Okay. Uh, but they kind of have notoriety for being the, another Kickstarter-backed um, game, which was the new series by one of the Mega Man creators... <sighs> The Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh, yeah. So forget about that. They've done a lot of other great games right. besides that game. Sure. And uh, this may be one of their best. Um, Bloodstained oh. Curse of the Moon is a game that, yeah, that harkens back to uh, the, the kind of way more retro Castlevania feel, mm-hmm. um, but adds a few more fun kind of mechanics. Basically, when you start, you control just like your like pretty generic uh, Castlevania protagonist, sure. just like a dude with a. I think his the first weapon you have is like a sword, but you, as you make your way through all these different levels, you, um, you know, kill, kill a whole bunch of monsters and bosses, and then you meet, um, someone new who joins your party. And oh, cool. with, with the press of a button, you can flick between up to four characters, each of whom has different abilities. So there's like a magic ability, there's a whip, there's a, all kinds of different stuff. And then there's also different scrolls that you could collect that then give you a secondary magic ability. Okay. And, um, you, they, you can swap them out like during the game too and so you actually it, it becomes like almost like a puzzle game where you use the characters to get you through the levels as quickly as possible because right. some of them like one of them you can turn into a vampire bat okay um, and you can fly over platforms oh. and kind of fly over difficult bits that would otherwise mean you take have to take the stairs or some shit sure I was going to ask whether the magic, like the abilities, helped with traversal, or if they were just really combat. does, and like so much so that like the final boss, if you don't have one particular ability of like the one of the more, uh, more magic characters, mm-hmm. uh, it, I died repeatedly and was like, "What is going on?" And I, I quit. I rage quit the game, and then when I started it again, I happened to have this certain ability, and then I just took out the boss really, really quickly. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It, it's very. The, the ease of this game is, is entirely dependent on, on which character you're using at the time. Sure. Um, the coolest thing about this is that one of the most irritating things about playing games like Castlevania and NES kind of, uh, you know, there's super hard platformers with there's tons of enemies and projectiles coming at you at all times is uh, knockback damage where like you'll be like jumping over a pit and something will hit you and you'll get knocked back and just fall into the pit. Yeah. So not only will you take damage, you'll also just straight up die. Yeah. Um, you can turn that off. Oh, There's nice. like, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like, you know, uh, what's the name um, for someone in the army that's uh, a veteran? Right. Okay. <laughs> veteran mode. Sure. Um, or like, uh, I think it's called like, you know, Rookie, rookie or mode or something like yeah. that. And I'm happy to be a rookie if it means I don't get knocked into a yeah. fucking pit by a flying bat. Sure. Side note, I think the worst enemy in any game is Flying Bat. Yeah. Flying enemies in general can get super, super annoying, especially like platformers. Especially Flying Bats that have a projectile and they have like the the arch. (laughs) They kind of... Where are they getting the projectile from? They kind of spit like purple acid blood at you. This doesn't happen in this game. It happened in uh, The Mummy Demastered. Right. Which is a great great game on Switch. Yeah. I should well, at some point. Maybe maybe when you do get a Switch, maybe I'll do a special episode where I pick the ten best indies sure. on the Switch. Sure. Um, I mean, if you listen to all my other podcasts, you can probably piece it together from what I'm talking about. But I'll make it easy for you. Yeah. And for you. Um, 
yeah, so Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, super fun, great gameplay. Even though I like, I, I burned through it, I'll totally go through and play it again and try and access all the different areas that I wasn't able to at the beginning now that I have all the characters. I was going to um, say, does it have like a collectible? Yeah, or- and also di- apparently different endings as well, oh, right. which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and like the story is funny and sweet, um, but there the gameplay is just like... It's just one of those great kind of classic NES games that, um, you know, begs for replays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. I think it was like 15 bucks on the Switch okay. um, in Australia, probably 10 bucks in the States. But um, definitely whet my appetite enough. I'm, I'm super excited for Bloodstained um, Ritual of the Night, although I'm not, not crazy about what I've seen of the visuals, but I'm sure I'll get used to them. You know, in like... 3D games that still try to look retro, but also look a little bit too modern. Yeah, like yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit too polished. Yeah, they just everything looks a bit too shiny. Yeah, um, but luckily, I'm sure I'll get used to it pretty quick. All right, okay. So a game, another game that I finished over the last, or well, since the last podcast, is um, it's called Far Lone Sales. So far colon loan sales. It's uh it's an exploration adventure game developed by Octomotive. Um it is available on I definitely know it's available on Windows because I bought it through Steam. I think it's available on Mac as well. Maybe it's coming to a console, perhaps PlayStation. Um basically the game is it's a left to right kind of scrolling uh I mean <laughs> It's it's inside. I'm playing in, right. I'm playing inside again. I'm every, just playing every, di- every month is a new inside. <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing a different version of inside. Um, you play this little red figure who you kind of start on a, a grave of someone that you're mourning, mm-hmm. and then you 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 know you start moving to the right and you you run through your house and then run to this garage where you take control of this large sort of like land based yacht almost like it's a big kind of steam powered machine and that's your vehicle for the rest of the game you you kind of have to take this machine and navigate it across this sort of post-apocalyptic world um it it looks like you're sort of rolling across a dry ocean bed um it's it's a it's beautiful the game is like the the sort of landscapes that you roll through are absolutely stunning um it's got a great sort of like there's no from memory, there's there's no kind of background music or soundtrack. It's mostly just like occasionally you come across like radio masts that if you picked up a radio early in the game, like you'll get a kind of burst of music as you move towards and then beyond this radio mask. But mostly it's just the silence and the noise that your vehicle makes as it goes along. So it's kind of a horror game as well. Like, no, like, no? Not, not even horror. It's um the the creators of the game have stated that they left the story very in like they they intentionally left the story very vague for the gamer to kind of make up their mind what what happens in the game mm-hmm. and i kind of feel like it works a little bit against them like right. it doesn't it doesn't for me at least it didn't have the same sort of emotional resonance that a little nightmares or an inside did like sure. because they left it so open i never really felt like Oh, I'm I'm emotionally attached to this character, and I I know you know. I reached the end and kind of went like, oh, that's that's it. Okay. <laughs> so you finished uh, this one? Yeah, it's it's really not long. Like three hours, you can clock it. Um, it's got some puzzle platforming elements to it. Like you'll you'll pull up to, a, you know, you'll you'll occasionally pull up to a workshop and have to kind of hop around and 
figure out how to keep your like how open doors to keep your vehicles moving vehicle moving or anything like that or you add like there's there are upgrades that you can add to your vehicle that sort of you can add sails for instance so you don't have to collect as much fuel to keep your steam engine running and like you can get um like a fire hose that that helps you put out fires and then a welding torch that helps you fix your vehicle and keep it moving um so yeah all the all the like the puzzle platforming stuff is very mild it's not necessarily that difficult there are a few brain teasing moments there was one moment towards the very end of the game where I kept my my vehicle kept exploding as like a volcano blew up in the background and I just couldn't work out what to do and eventually eventually I got so frustrated that I just hopped online and was like what the fuck do I do at this point and the answer was just go faster which I was like oh okay um, and that was like the last thing before the end of the game but um it's if it pops up in a steam sale I'd say buy it if you if you're looking for just a nice little 3 hour short experience some very cool visuals, some some nice little sort of, you know... There are some great moments where the camera kind of pulls back to give you a sense of scale of, like, where you are in the world and that sort of thing. So, yeah, very, very enjoyable in that sense. Awesome. So, so far only on PC, but hopefully coming to console soon. Yeah. Um, I should point out that um, both Yoku's Island Express and Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, to the best of my knowledge, is actually, they're all available on all, all consoles all, pretty all much. Dang. Okay. Everything. Yeah, I think I've seen Bloodstained pop up on Steam. Bloodstain is definitely available on everything. I'm pretty sure Yoku is uh, too. No, Yoku. I saw Yoku on Steam as well. I just don't I d- know about it's definitely it. on Steam. I'm just thinking what else is on Xbox and PlayStation. I'm not no, sure. No, here we go. It's on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Windows. Hot damn. Wild as hell. Nice. Um, yeah, super good. Um, so the next game I'm going to talk about is one that uh, came out on Steam last year. Um, and I bought it and I played two hours of it and then I uh, stopped playing because actually we were just playing a game on my computer a moment ago and. Uh, my computer ran out of memory <laughs> while uh, while we were playing it, and that kind of thing happens when you play. I mean, Mac's not an ideal place to play no, games no. anyway, but that's not why I bought a Mac, of so course. that's fine. But it is kind of nice to be able to dip into certain PC games that aren't released elsewhere. Sure. Um, Hollow Knight is the name of this game. Um, it was developed by an Adelaide-based team. Um, Shout out to the Aussies. They're called Team Cherry, um, and uh, this is one of the most awesome games i've ever played in my life i've i've dabbled with it on steam as well yeah you own it yeah so this is like a um explorative exploratory platformer sure um an adventure game um you play uh like a a bug um who is a knight and you have to basically you you get to this um this like desolate town and there's just one old man kind of waiting at a bench and he tells you like you know to to start exploring and Mm. uh as you go Dan- you, you jump kind of down a well. Jump down a well, and uh, when you're down there, there's all these other bugs that are that are, you know you've got to kill. And as you kill them, you collect coins, um, and you eventually meet someone who is drawing a map of the area. And you buy a map off him, and then you bump into him later on throughout the game. And you, as you buy more maps for him, you ha- your the area that you can see expands. Sure. And so yeah, it, it's a game about trying to get lower and lower, almost like a mining game. And there are moments in it that remind me a lot of SteamWorld Dig and SteamWorld Dig Two. Um, and that you just keep trying to get further and further down. But it has like a roguelike kind of uh, element to it in that you are essentially like, you know, hoarding coins for the entirety of your playthrough and with the intention of, of, of spending them on like cool perks like like new maps and um, uh, upgrades for your, your weapons and, and, that, and that kind of stuff. Um, but if you die in combat, 
uh, you lo- you 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 get resurrected um, without any of the, your money. Yeah. And if you want to get that money back, you've got to go back to where you died and fight like a like a phantom version of yourself. I in my time playing it, I would collect a bunch of coins, get far down, die, start again, start running for the place where I lost all the coins, and inevitably die on the way to get the coins. It's just like, oh, where are my coins going? I'm going to screw it. Just start again. Um, it is really hard. It is. And it does not hold your hand. It doesn't really tell you what to do or where to go. It's a game about exploration, and yeah. those are my favorite kind of games. Normally, I'm used to them as more of a, like, you know, your Breath of the Wild um, style game, but yeah. this is like a like a 2D platformer, um, but... It, it the art style is is really really beautiful and and dark very dark like it, there's color kind of especially in the earlier levels colors seldom seen um but later on you you get into some very vibrant environments with uh, very colorful enemies mm-hmm. um and your combat is quite limited at first and you can stumble um into fights with enemies that you're not prepared to fight yet with your current setup did that a bunch um and uh or you don't think you are and then realize that there's a trick to, uh, to taking out certain enemies and you just have to kind of keep going back and trying again and again and again. Never learnt those tricks. Um, I think I'm getting okay at this game. Okay. I'm, I'm like maybe five or six hours in. It's, it's all I can think about at the moment. Right. You know, when you hit that point yeah, where you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is all I want to do right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I was looking forward to this game. As soon as I heard about it, I bought it on Steam as soon as I saw it was available after seeing a preview video on, on YouTube ages ago. Um, you know, I, I just, for whatever reason, just didn't, didn't play. I, th- I think it was announced that it was, might be coming to Switch at some point. Sure. So in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't want to play it on, on Steam if I know it's coming to Switch eventually. And uh, they really took their time bringing it to the Switch. And in fact, it was announced um, during Nintendo's E3 presentation. That's right. And they gave my favorite, they did my favorite thing where they shadow drop a game. Shadow drop. And they uh, they said that it was available now. And so I bought oh, it. I bought it immediately. Awesome. I, I think it was only 1750 or something like that Australian. And That's... this is a game that like, as I'm playing, like I had the realization like, oh, this game's enormous. Yeah. I think I'm going to be playing it for like t- more than 20 hours, which That's is awesome. uh, pretty incredible for such a small, small price of a game. Yeah. Um, um, it's less than a buck an hour. So yeah, hopefully next next uh, next episode I'll be able to go in in further detail of how much I enjoy this game. But like I'm I'm in love with this game at, at this point. Um, the soundtrack's beautiful. The animation of the main character is great, and little remnants of the story you get as you play it are enough to keep me sated. But it's all about the gameplay and mechanic about pushing further and further. Yeah, and um and and trying to get. Do they have Do they have um. Like in Steamworld Dig, where it's got the, the steam tunnels that, that transport you back to town yes. immediately. Has it got stuff like that? Yes, I've only found one of them so far. It's like a train, a train network. <gasps> Is that the like bug with the really long legs that kind of ambles along? Yes, yeah. I found one of those, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Um, you, should, you should try and get back into it. I think it'll be one of those games where when I get my Switch, that's when I... That's when I'll be going in on it's it. It's a, I mean, I say this about every game I play on the Switch. It's a perfect Switch game, John. Sure. <laughs> well, but the thing is, it's the, the the Switch is a perfect indie game machine. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, um, and Hollow Knight is an excellent game for you to play on it. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to it. It'll it'll definitely be one of the ones that I pick up very early on in buying my Switch. Um, and uh, kudos to me for not saying the word Metroidvania during my review of Hollow Knight. I was very close to doing it. <laughs> Is it a Vania of the Metroid variety, perhaps? 
Uh, my turn? Yep. Okay, I've, this isn't particularly one game. This is actually a, a developer that um, I've been dabbling a bit with recently. And you mentioned it a bit earlier. You mentioned one of their games earlier on. Uh, the developer is called Kyrosoft. Yep. So we're doing real small games. This is, I, this is iPhone time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been just... The, the iOS store is, or the, the game section of the iOS store has been like a little bit uninspiring lately. So... I re I was I was replaying a game called Game Dev Story. Yeah, I mentioned that, it at the start of the episode. You mentioned earlier. It's so good. It, it's it's an incredible game. It's um you you play the head of a, a game development company. You hire staff. You kind of like determine what sort of game you're going to you're going to make. Get your staff to work, and um you know you assign various staff members to handle like sound and programming and stuff like that. F- you know, finish the game, publish it. It sells well or not well, you know. Gets rated well or not well. Repeat the cycle. But <laughs> as you repeat the cycle, you can you can you know train your staff to be better. You can do things like develop your own consoles, all that kind of stuff. All done in a very kind of cute Japanese esque pixel art sort of style. So Game Dev Story is is that's that's the one you would know they have released so many games oh i own most of these oh you do yeah okay, yeah right. I, but i feel like you know it's like mega mall story played that one um, not recently but played it like it i'm trying to think of all the ones i because I, I went through i like after i sunk like hours upon hours um mm. and i remember getting you into it was we were actually on we were on, on a bus on a bus to um a, a friend's bucks party a stag party at jamboree jamboree recreation park where yeah. you control the action yeah uh, it was i just was like, controlling the action on my phone yeah, that day it was like a, you know like a two and a half three hour bus yeah. ride with a bunch of other dudes on the way to like a water slide park yeah none of us had like extra battery packs or whatever and we were all just like just churning through our battery yeah. playing this this you know data management game called game dev story where you just you know pitch stupidly named video games and that you know up up upgrade parts of the algorithm that allow you to succeed in this yeah they're such good games yeah they are um i don't think- very very japanese as well like you can make some of the some of the game genres you can make are just bizarre. Like tomato, I'll make a tomato puzzle game. Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, but I, I played other games that Kairosoft made and never found anyone that I loved as much as Game Dev Story. Although I heard that there is one, and maybe this is one you're going to talk about, where you it's like you pl- play the mayor of the town in an RPG game where heroes are constantly walking yeah, through. Yeah, I've... Mm, no, that's... But basically, you have to, like, you know, you're, you're essentially the guy who runs the, the, that, that, yeah, that little I've, town I've, that, I've, that Link visits in, in Zelda, and you're going to make I've sure... I've played that, that one. It's like Hero Village Story or something yeah. like that. It's not it's not similar to Game Dev. In terms in terms of the gameplay loop, like, I, oh, it's yeah. not, that's not to say it's not a bad game. You you are kind of responsible. You developed the town. You develop the town that attracts these heroes. Right. And so as you develop the town, different heroes will start appearing, and you can send them on quests to get you money. Um, played that one ages ago. wasn't wasn't too taken with it. Like there are some Cairo games that just grab me, and there are some that some that I'm just like. I'm not big into kind of the style of gameplay they're going There's for. There's more than fifty games Jesus. on here that they've yeah, developed. Yeah, they're, they're prolific. But the ones, the ones in particular, that Bon I'll, Bon Cakery. Yeah, there are some. 
There are some odd ones, and actually, some of them they've started dabbling with like cafeteria uh, nipponica. Yeah, they've started dabbling with I, um, in-app purchase sort yep. of stuff, which was oh, no thanks. Like a lot of the games are seven dollars ninety nine on the Australian iOS store. You buy them. There's no other things you need to buy. You just get the great game. Yeah. So the ones in particular I'm talking about, there is. There is the one that I've found that is most similar to that game dev story gameplay is uh magazine mogul story, mm-hmm. which is where you run a magazine. It's it's the exact same thing. You have your team of writers and artists and whatnot. You've you, got to come up with the best combination of what of sto- what- story audience for the story, location that you'll be reporting on it, that kind of stuff. Right. You pick like this person will do the design for the story. This person's doing the reporting. Same as same as game dev story. There are some extra gameplay loops on top of it where, like, your magazine helps to develop the town it's in and can, like, partner with other different towns. And, uh, you know, the advertising in the magazine can can help or hinder based on who, which audience you're going for. Um, I highly recommend that one. Other ones I've played recently are Pool Slide Story, which is where you're responsible for building an aquatic center, essentially. Awesome. Um, very sort of, like... Roller coaster tycoon esque, like you, you build pools and then you build slides that go into the pool and all kinds of like. There are lots of restaurants you can add to your aquatic center. So I'm just I'm I've I've not haven't gone like through and looked at everything that they do. There are heaps of food games. They've got they've yeah. got one called um, there's one about su- making sushi. There's one about making ramen, and there's one called the Pyroplex. Right. Design and build your own pyramid. <laughs> Train staff to be pyramid pros. Oh my god. Cultivate international trade. It's- Pump that pyramid power. <laughs> it's yeah. rule an ancient civilization. <laughs> That's the I I just they're so wacky. I love Kairosoft. Um so pool slide story is really fun, like all the kind of the slides you can unlock and that kind of thing. Um as I said, very sort of Sim City ish, like you build the sort of space that you're working in. And the one that I've been thrashing recently is Station Manager Story, yep. which is where you build a train station, essentially. Um, and this one has, like, a, a big departure from the sort of typical gameplay loop of Kairosoft games where you, like, you have your water park or you have your game store or you have your, you know, game dev company or you have your restaurant or this or that, and you just work year on year on building it up. This one... There are like eight different stations for you to unlock. And so as you reach a certain level of quality in one station, like you finish the year and it'll go like, cool, you got this in the rankings, you've unlocked this station now. So even though you've got this thriving station you've just been working on, you then have the choice to open this completely new station that, that, you know, might be a bit more expensive to do certain things in and that kind of stuff. You still get you still get money from the previous stations that you've opened. Each month you get like 40% of whatever they earn during the month, which helps okay. a bit. Um, but it's um, it's been it's been like every every Kairosoft game. The weird thing with Kairosoft games is they're almost like there's there's a black box that sits in all of them, which is where you put input in, something happens in that black box, and then output gets spat out. Yep. So you might go like, for game dev story, for instance, you'll be like, oh, I'll make a ninja racing game. This little black box does its thing and then goes, uh, it was not a good game. And you're like, okay, um, what happened in the middle? How do I change this? <laughs> yeah. So it's literally just you experimenting by putting in inputs and seeing what the outputs are. This one is a little bit like it's been the gameplay loop's been really tough because 
it, it costs gold to build stuff on the station, but gold is really slow to come in. So I've kind of been like, until you're three or four stations in and like you can dependably get like 300 gold every month from other stations. So it's been real interesting kind of trying to work out what the gameplay mechanics and loop are mm -hmm. for this. Because unlike most other Kairosoft games, this doesn't have like a really in-depth in every Kairosoft game, if you go to the options, there will be a button that says how to play and there will be like a 30-page kind of manual that explains every detail of the game, you know, not massively in-depth, but enough that you understand what's going on. Think of like IKEA instructions. Yeah, almost. It'll go like, you know, here are customers. Customers want these three things. Here's how you do these three things. There isn't one of those for this game. Every once in a while, you get like a newsletter from a train station magazine that's like, "Hey, customers, do this," but it's it's you can keep all of them and you can delete them, and if you delete them, you're essentially fucked because you're like, "I don't know how what that was about," that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's I haven't played all the Kairosoft games, so I can't be like it's a radical departure from their normal, but. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying learning how to kind of play it, but it is it can get frustrating at times. Cool. But if if you have a brain and a heart and iPhone and seven ninety nine burning a hole in your pocket, I have all those things. Definitely buy yourself some Cairo Soft games. They're super fun, super addictive. Um, so finally, I just want to go through two games that I have uh, played a small amount of um, in the last month, um, and one of them is called Runner Three, which is the latest in the Bit Trip um, saga. You ever played any of the Bit Trip games? I've played one and two of the Runner series. Um, so Bit Trip Runner. Um, so basically, it's like a, a bunch. Of, it used to be a bunch of like eight bit, um, eight bit kind of games, like rhythm games. Yeah. Um, in which the Runner games were like these, uh, like platform rhythmic platformers. I guess you would call it, mm -hmm. where you play this, this eight bit character called Commander Video. Yep. And you've got to like they they look really simple, but they they're quite addictive, um, and they're fast and frantic. And you've got to be precise. And the difficulty really ramps up. Um, so the latest one is, like again, another rhythm rhythm platformer. Um, this one's been developed by Choice Provisions and published by Choice and uh, Nicholas uh, for the physical. Um, it's out on Switch and uh, and Steam at the moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, they've kind of made the, the leap to 3D. It's still a, um, a 2D platformer, but it's uh, all 3D visuals made in... Um, uh, the Unity engine. Nice. Um, so nice. it is. It straddles the line between like uh, pretty and absolutely garish. Right. Uh, there are some freaky looking things, but um, for the most part, the gameplay is uh, what well, starts off very simple, where the only thing you have to do is jump. Mm -hmm. But then it introduces different mechanics. Basically, I thought this is going to be just level after level of um, uh, minecart levels from Donkey Kong Country Returns. Sure. Um, which I I know everyone hates those. I love them. I love the um, like you know you've got to you've got to memorize the paths yeah. and 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 just you know do do a perfect run and they make you want to head bang your head against the wall. But when you finish them, it's such a joyous moment. <clears throat> but uh, the first few levels are like that. Essentially, you're just kind of like running um, from from one side of the, the screen onto the other, um, jumping over pitfalls and enemies and that kind of thing. There are uh, split paths that you can take um, that when you uh, finish one level and collect all the collectibles on, on one run, you then can go back and do a harder run where you collect different collectibles. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, like as much as as soon as like like three levels in, it starts introducing like you've got to slide underneath things and you've also got to kick things. And uh, 
you've got to basically got to like string a whole bunch of different moves together, and uh, I enjoy it because it's fun, I guess. But <laughs> uh, it's it, it it takes me like forty minutes to complete a two minute level. Yeah, because I am just dying repeatedly over and over and over again. Um, and uh, it's definitely my fault for not being not being quick enough on the inputs, but stringing them together. It reminds me a lot of like an endless runner on on, a, on an iOS mm. or, or sorry on a, on a phone game. Like what was it, Temple Run or whatever? Yeah, where Temple you're Run. You've got to you Cannibal, know, stuff like where that. you've got to dash from one side to the other, yeah, and then you've yeah, got yeah. to like you know slide on any things or jump over something else. Yeah. Um, but those games are made. You know, you're meant to fail those games eventually. Whereas sure. Bitrip Runner, uh, Runner Three, you were meant to get to the end of the level, and I'm sure players more skilled than I at uh, doing you know more than two commands at once uh, will be doing this with, with ease. But for whatever reason, my memory isn't working as fast as it needs to to uh, to mem- remember every single moment. But I'm going to keep at it. It's one of those games that I, I can only play for short little bursts. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I'll be like, hell yeah, train ride. I'm going to play some of that this runner game. And I'll spend the entire train ride trying to get through one part of a level and be like, fuck, yeah. fuck this stupid game. Um, <clears throat> as I said, I've played, I played one and two. I think I remember playing one on like your PlayStation a million years ago, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, I, I I I quite like it. I love how Maybe the music. Hmm? Yeah, Maybe that's fair. Um, I love how the music integrates with the gameplay. I don't like, find this as ryth- apparently it's rhythmic, but the the it's only rhythmic in the way that you collect collectibles. So they're kind of like they're they're in time with the with the music. But I, I remember the eight bit games being way more reliant on like you tuning timing the jumps to the beat. Yeah, and. If the, it, it does, doesn't seem as prominent right, in, okay. in this. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer because playing playing 2, it was definitely... Like, if you had the sound on, you're kind of bopping along, it definitely made it easier. Yep. But they love to, like... That's that's their that's their gameplay curve is like, oh, okay, we've, we can tell you've mastered jumping and we can tell you've mastered kicking and we can tell you've mastered sliding. Yep. Okay, now you're going to have to do slide, jump, kick, slide, jump, jump, slide, jump, kick, kick, kick. In yeah, like, that's right. So that, yeah. that is, kind of, yeah, maybe, I just don't remember that. It's thing, almost, it's almost, it's like that game, you know, it's simple Simon game where it's remember the pattern and repeat it and the pattern gets Or Guitar blocked. Hero. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely gets bonkers difficult and especially like, I think you, I think myself and probably you as well, finishing the level isn't good enough. You need to 100% yeah. the level. Yeah. Like, it's it's relatively easy to finish a level, but to 100% the level is really freaking difficult. Especially if, like, it and, you know, it can be as simple as, like, oh, I forgot to jump at one particular point in this thing, and that's missed me, like, two collectibles. Yep, and and I- even though you haven't, even though you haven't died, you're like, oh, back to the start of the level. Yeah, again. exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, then, yeah, and that I'm I'm fine with that in a Donkey Kong game, I guess, because it's less to remember. Sure. Um, but this is like, yeah, it's, it, it's it, the, the rhythmic part of this, I guess. You know, yeah, that, yeah. my brain isn't good enough for it. Um, I really want to get good at it though, because um, you can unlock Shovel Knight as a playable character. Awesome. And also, weirdly, Eddie Riggs from Brutal Legend. <laughs> I can kind of see that checking out like Double Fine. <laughs> yeah, Double Fine would be one of those indie indie publishers that's like, look, the more like we get our characters in different games, that just that works for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's and- always just as a side note, it's always been fun to see like all the kind of indie games share their IP like that. Like that's you best. might be playing something and um, Super Meat Boy 
will turn up. Yeah, like, totally. Even if it's just as like a little decoration on a shelf, but it's cool to be like, oh, Super Meat Boy, that's right. Yeah. Um, the whole thing is narrated by Charles Martinet, who is the voice of Mario and Luigi and okay. Wario and Waluigi. Good, good to see him getting work. Um, but he's he's like, no. I'm Charles Martinet, and this is <laughs> Runner 3. Amazing. It's really, really strange. Um, but I, I like it. The, the presentation on this game is awesome, and I want to unlock more of it so I can enjoy more of it. But, but I fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, and finally, and this ties into our next segment... Um, which is going to be all about the indie games that were announced uh, during E3 over um, last week. Um, I want there was a game announced during the PC gaming showcase, mm-hmm. um, which was called Overwhelm. And um, oh, fuck, I can't even find out what, what the name of this guy um, who, d- who developed it is. But Overwhelm was yeah announced during the PC gaming show. It is a um, in a very very red looking eight uh, bit game. <laughs> In uh, which you play like a you know like a a, a Ripley or whatever from Alien um, with a big gun and you've got to infiltrate a, an enemy an alien base a hive, a hive um, and and basically like travel to like these four corners of uh, of the hive and uh, and kill all the aliens just like the ABC show Four Corners exactly um, and it has this incredible like just droning soundtrack yeah pul- pulsing ominous it, and it is proper scary it's like mid, it's like midi metal and when when you die like after you die you get three lives on your final life the music gets turns into just this fucking nightmare yeah this horrible screeching sound at all times as you're trying to play and the you just it's so tense you start sweating from the palms and I'm not good at playing games on my uh, on my computer because I don't have a mouse and this relies on you aiming with your mouse and trackpad. Yeah, it's um, like a it's a move move side to side with A and D, jump with jump with space bar and then aim and shoot with mouse. Yeah. And trackpad is just no. Yeah, it does not no work good. on trackpad. This would be so good on Switch. Yeah. As a as a as a dual stick shooter. I really hope they bring it to Switch. It would be so good playing this with headphones on my Switch. I want yeah. it. I say switch one time. Switch. Switch. Bring it to Switch. Um, but this was uh, a, a, a really visually striking game in the showcase. Um, I, I love that as you as you run through each level, like you don't get to see the whole level. Your character has like a, a vignette around them, and the rest of the screen is just black because it's like the the light that your character's holding essentially is is shining a halo around you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, it just adds to the tension of like you can only see one small bit of the screen at each time. And uh, I got I got you to play a little bit of it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's I was not good, <laughs> um, but it's super fun and um, and and really cool and different. Um, it was developed by Rory O'Sullivan, um, and it is part of a. During you watched the PC gaming show, right? Hell yeah. Um, there was a bunch of trailers that were um, credited to unknown untitled publisher. Yeah. And this is one of them. Nice. Um, which is confusing, but whatever. Yeah. Before we move on to End E3, as I've just started calling it now, uh, I have one other game I want to update. Oh, yep. I've, uh, I'm sure our audience has been desperate to know. They've been writing uh, they've in. They've been emailing. One of, them, one of them found my personal phone number and has been calling me. Not, that's a damn lie. Um, it was me. <laughs> none of you care. But uh, I finished Steamworld Dig 2. Now, thank you. Uh, now... By finished, I mean I beat the final boss. I have not 100%ed it yet. I am at 91%. I will get that final 9%, and we will talk outside of a podcast again. We will finally be 
on par. <laughs> this is son of a bitch. Oh. Um, I was getting, I I was getting mad at at Levs recently just because like I had a I was in, I think I was in the shower thinking about like oh got a hundred percent Steam World Dig and then I was like that motherfucker has not finished any of the games I've gotten for him. <laughs> Some of them are way less hard than Steam World Dig. Why does he get to put a hundred percent on me, <laughs> bastard? Um, but still want to finish it because it's an amazing game. Yeah, and shouts to uh, Image and Form who recently wrote to us. They're those who, who made and published the game, who yeah. got in touch with us and said, uh, we, we listened to the show, thanks for talking about the game. Yeah, thanks for really listening, cool. guys. Um, speaking of people that uh, listened to the show and got in touch with us, I just checked our email for the first time since I made it. Oh, amazing. And uh, we got two emails from oh, listeners. Oh, snap. Um, and uh, hilariously, they both wrote in in the last 24 hours. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, look, I, I think maybe we should, uh, should, we, should we read them out now? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I, I have... Uh, sure. Sure. So, I have not um, read them, so... This is uh, from Bjorn. Um, mm-hmm. And Bjorn says, Hey guys, just listen to the first episode. And as I love the shit out of Celeste, currently replaying it in Italian as, a langu- as language practice... That is clever. That's rad. I figured I'd throw a recommendation out to you. Money Seize has always... And that's Seize, S-E-I-Z-E. Not, oh, okay. not like a fun pirate game where you play a bag of money. <laughs> oh, someone make that. That would sell. <laughs> money Seize has always been my favorite old school Flash game. And when I unlocked the PC, the PC game in Celeste, which is a... Uh, 
uh, Pic oh, 8. Pico 8. Pico 8 um, yeah. version of Celeste that you unlock in one of the levels. I noticed that it felt exactly like the game Money Sees. Okay. Well, turns out it's by the same people. Oh, you right. play as a rich guy with a top hat and try to collect as much money as you can. It doesn't have any story beyond that, but the platforming is so precise and it adds a lot of different challenges by in- introducing different birds that fly away if you take too long, use your double jump, or kill any enemies. Plus, there's insanely hard secret levels. So basically, Celeste. Cool. <laughs> um, also, I was wondering what your thoughts on online flash games are today they have kind of developed into the bad sort of grindy mobile games but when i was younger that was where i got my indie game fix amorphous plus cannibalt money seas i sank hours into these games love the podcast keep up the good work and greetings from germany beyond thank you beyond shouts to beyond yeah um, thank you so much for being our first uh, our first email. Yeah. Really that's... appreciate it. And again, if you want to get in touch with the show, um, the email is allthesmallgames at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Flash games were something that we bonded over like quite early on. What? Remind me. Well, I mean, I, we were both obsessed with Homestar Runner. Sure. Um, which was a Flash-based uh, cartoon um, and website. Uh, and there were Flash games based off of those yeah that i played a lot of mm-hmm. um like the trogdor game okay yeah um and then we're also massive fans of adult swim sure um, sure john and i used to smoke a lot of that uh yeah. sneaky tabiki yeah. if you get what, I, get what i'm saying back when we were kids and uh that humor and also the presence of the internet uh made for a lot of uh flash game crossovers yeah um but uh yeah, I remember there was a great game based off the Brack show called Head Kicker, which was essentially yep. just a very simple, stupid platformer game. Yep. And then another great one that was based off of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is probably our joint favorite TV sure. show together. Venture Brothers. As pals. Oh, so that wins. But, but like, yeah. you know, favorite stupid comedy. Sure, sure. Um, but there was one called uh, Head Head Games or something like that, where Carl from Aqua Teen's head falls off and you play as Meatwad guiding his body to his head. <laughs> Did you ever play that one? Oh, it doesn't ring a bell, but... Okay, maybe we didn't bomb one of those ones, but I have got one genre of Flash game that we absolutely did, and it could be the game that both you and I sunk the most hours into, even if we weren't actually watching the game while we played it. Ah, uh, yes. And this game is Cookie Clicker. Oh, I love you, Cookie Clicker. <laughs> so there was a weird little craze a yeah. couple of years ago where called Clicker Games, and... Uh, well, that's the, that's a funny... Cooker Clicker... Cookie Clicker... <laughs> Cookie, Ten times. <laughs> cookie Clicker started. No, say like, backwards. <laughs> there are so many Clicker games around now. It was co- Cookie Clicker was the first one to do it, essentially, that I'm aware of. It's like. Well, then there was a simplified version of it besides, before the one we started playing, too. Yeah. And, that, and then we, there were also updates to it while we were playing it. Essentially, you open up your screen, you go to cookieclicker.com, and there's a cookie in the middle of the screen. And you cook, click the cookie, and. <laughs> it makes cookies. It makes a cookie. Every time you click a cookie, it makes a cookie. And when you click it 10 times, you make money from the cookies. Well, you make cookies are the currency in the game. So as you click the cookie, you earn cookies. You then use those cookies to... There are a variety of things you can do. You can unlock or you can buy things that like that make cookies for you. So I think the first thing you buy is like a, a cursor. And the cursor makes 0.1 cookies per second. It clicks the cookie for you. Yeah. yeah. So every 10 seconds, you earn another cookie. You can buy more cursors... Um, you know, you, you buy 10 curses, you're getting a cookie a second. Um, there are a variety of buildings like that that you can buy, like, and they're all, that's, that's, they're all kind of themed around baking cookies. So it's like rolling pins, oh, rolling pins, like grandmas. I think grandmas is one of the second things you can buy. 
um, factories and like the the higher you go, it's like rocket ships that bring back cookies from the cookie dimension and just weird <laughs> stuff like that. It has such an incredible sense of humor. Yeah, it's and it's got a weird sort of like story around it. Like if you buy too many grandmas, you cause like the, the grandma the, apocalypse, the grandma apocalypse, <laughs> or something like that. And you. It, 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 we actually worked out that the grandma apocalypse was a good thing. It was. Because um, <laughs> it, it put a multiplier on the cookies. But the whole, but it's also, it turns your cookie into this, this like nightmarish mashup of like grandma faces. Yeah. It's, it was, it was, it took the, the game group we're in on Facebook, Virtual Powers. It, I think it still stands as like the biggest thread we've ever done that went for weeks as all of us were just like, I can't stop playing this game. And yeah, that, like basically it kind of, kind of became a competition of who could get further in that game faster. Yeah. And you knew that whoever was winning at the time had actually spent like entire hours just furiously, furiously clicking there. Cause it's still like the, the fastest way to make cookies was to click it yourself. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a nightmare, but I loved it. Oh yeah, I actually I, do- I dove back into it the other day. The other day, yeah, it was we it was mentioned in some way, shape, or form at maybe the last job I was at, and I was like, oh yeah, cookie clicker. Oh, I've still got my save game like in a draft email in like my you know my personal email address. Let's take a look. So I dove back in, and he's it's cool. Like he's been updating it. There are more buildings you can buy. There are more kind of upgrades and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, man, look at that go. Look at all those cookies. Close window. Yep. I'm, I'm done. I think <laughs> I think I wound up being like... You played I, it for the I longest. I bought a new laptop and my old laptop just sat under a coffee table in my living room, permanently on, permanently playing cookie clicker. And I think after a year of that, I was like, guys, I need to stop this. This is real bad. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, beyond cookie clicker. Um, um just just a couple of extra things beyond. I have definitely in my more bored moments at various jobs headed to Armor Games. So Armor Games is like an online uh, repository of... Is it Armor Games? Your Armor Games? No, Congregate. It's called Congregate with a K. It's, a, it's sort of like a site that houses heaps of uh, Flash games, like web-based games. Yep. Um, Armor Games is a developer that has done a lot of stuff um, for, for Congregate. Um, I think there are like... I think a lot of web games bleed into, like, iOS games. I think Earn to Die, uh, which is a pretty great iOS game, started on something like Congregate. I'm a big nerd for what are called flight games, which is where, like, day one, launch a paper airplane, earn money that buys you, like, a small motor that pushes you further, that earns you more money, that, you know... So, Cookie Clicker, but but with a plane. Cookie Clicker, but plane version, essentially, yeah. Um... A lot of like, um, what's it called? Uh, Kingdom Rush, I think, started as oh, a, was a, great, as like a web game. Line, yeah. I fucking love Kingdom Rush. It's so good. But yeah, I think that started on Armor Games. So, well, actually, it, Adventure uh, Pals that I talked about last last month oh, that yeah, started yeah, yeah. as an Armor Games flash game too, which you can still play. I've played a couple oh, right. of minutes of it. Yeah, um, it's you know obviously more fun to play on on a console. But sure. uh, yeah, look, I, I I love flash games. Yeah, they've been. I mean, it it, it they vary wildly in quality, but, but that's the, the fun of them. The I think. real good flash games are real good. Yeah, and that's why there's there's a bunch of like. I've got my list of stuff I'm excited for from E3, and a few of the developers on that list, I, I check their websites out, and it's like a huge list of Flash games, and then this is their first kind of big release for that kind of thing. So it's also a great way for game developers to kind of, you know, 
cut their teeth. And yeah, that's get the best the thing industry. about it for sure. Anything that you know makes it easier for people to get into making games, I'm very very okay with. So yeah, thank you for writing to us, Bjorn. And then the second email is from Jake, and this actually hints on something that I said we would do in the future. <gasps> Jake says, "Hey guys, really enjoying the show. I know it's way too late for this month's episode, but as someone who's just starting to get into indies for Switch, I would love to hear you guys go through your top ten indie games for the Switch. There's just so many indies on the Switch eShop now. It's been hard to pass out which ones have, are worth my time, which ones are hidden gems, and which ones I should just avoid. I know top ten lists are a bit derivative, but I just love me a." good list based on the pod so far i'd imagine it includes celeste Alboy, shovel knight and hollow knight but it'd also be cool to hear about some indies that you were into before the pod started no matter what happens thanks for another good gaming podcast for me to tune into every month keep up the good work awesome thank, thank you jake. jake um yeah uh, i'll if, definitely do that if, in the future if for- you can hang out until i buy a switch jake then we will make all your dreams come true but um, yeah, I mean that the our boys, Celeste, Shovel Knight, and Hollow Knight—they're like the god tier ones that should just be on every Switch. And Steam will dig too. <clears throat> yes, definitely. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll definitely put that list for you together. Maybe it'll be like t- ten games that aren't those five because those are the essentials. <laughs> yeah, like, let's. I've <laughs> today. I actually had to. I got the notification because I, I was. People keep asking me to play Fortnite, so I downloaded Fortnite on my Switch, uh, and it wouldn't let me. It said I didn't have enough space on my. Uh, I think I think I have like half a terabyte giga, um, storage card on my right. Switch, and, and I didn't have out. enough space. On oh it. boy! <laughs> and that, which means like I've got like 120 something games on Amazing. there now, and so I had to go through and work out which games either I won't ever play or won't play again. Sure, and uh, delete them. That that horrible ninja one we played at my yep. box party, Ninja Showdown in the get, bin. Get that, get rid of that shit. But, but that game was only like a hundred megabytes big. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so yeah, Jake, uh, we'll definitely do that for you very soon in the f- in the future. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, that was a cool little surprise, Bjorn and Jake. Yeah, uh, for getting in touch with thank us. Thank you, thank you for emailing. Thank you for listening. All the small games at gmail.com If you Please want to do the same, email us. We love to hear from you, even though we've only checked our email for the first time now. Well, I think that I being said, you, they emailed us twenty four hours ago. So. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. We're doing a great job. Um, and we're going to continue doing a great job in our final segment of this episode uh, where we go through the games that we're excited about that were announced during E3 last week. Yeah. I've already mentioned a game that I was so excited that I bought it for... Well, two games, really. Yeah. Hollow Knight and, uh, and Overwhelm both kind of count as games that I um, either found out about or found out were being released uh, during um, E3 and bought them immediately. I mean, that's the interesting... like. Shadow Knight was Shadow Knight was no that was sorry that Hollow Knight wasn't a shadow drop it's coming soon to Switch right no it was like and it's available right now oh dope okay yeah. cool because it's been around like you said it's been around on Steam for quite a while and Overwhelm I think I saw a trailer for Overwhelm prior to E three so I find it really interesting that it featured in the right yeah the sure E3 quite prominently too it was a, it was a yeah, minute long trailer E three showcase um but that's you know, it I think PC gaming was just kind of desperate they, they don't care how long their show goes for I think they'll just play as much in any trailer yeah, that they have yeah um which is why there I, there are two games that I really wanted to see at E three indie games that didn't pop up oh yeah I've, thought, I've got I've got some too actually I so. thought they'd let's 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 wipe those out of the way first because there's not as much to talk about it's more just fuck I wish I saw them yep um for me the two because they would have been perfect for the PC game show for me it was um. Uh, Donut County. Mm. That was one of mine. Yep. Really, really wanted to see, even if it was just 
fucking 30 seconds of gameplay and a release date. Yep. That's what I want from Donut County. Um, Donut County is like a game where basically you make a hole in the ground. Or you, you play as a hole in the ground. Right. And you have to make things disappear. Like, like almost like a reverse Katamari. Yeah. So you, you start very small and you kind of roll around the screen and let stuff fall through you. And the more stuff falls through you, the more... The bigger the hole, the bigger you become as a hole. The more big you get. Yes, big you get more of. Um, yeah, it's it's a really simple kind of gameplay mechanic, but I got to play a little bit of it at PAX uh, PAX Australia last year, and it's the story that they have for it is just crazy fun. Like you know, well written, and it's like a, a girl who's friends with a lazy raccoon. Oh, and that's so amazing! I had no yeah. idea it had a story. Yeah, and like the, the art style's really cute, like really kind of flat, bright colors sort of thing. Um, it's been it's been on the bubble for ages. I just I want it to come out. I desperately want to play Donut County. The art style and the colors look so good too. Yeah, the um, published by Annapurna, mm-hmm. who are quickly becoming like. Quickly challenging Devolver Digital for role of like goat publisher. Um, they also uh, recently published so I'm on on the, on the phone uh, two of my favorite phone games from last year, um, Goragoa and Florence. Yes, yes, two That's great the games. They're making big moves in the indie scene. Really loving that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game that I really wanted to see is Untitled Goose Game, <laughs> honk, honk. Which, which a lot of people have been calling Metal Goose Solid, which I totally agree with. Because yeah, it's a stealth you, game where you play as a goose yeah, trying to you, outsmart a farmer. Yeah, well, that's the, I've I've read some things about it recently, like the farm because they had like a th- three minute demo of gameplay. Like you're a goose where you have certain tasks you need to complete, like you need to get the farmer, like drench the farmer in a sprinkler. So you need to like lure the farmer to a certain place and then run and switch on a thing or steal the farmer's hat or steal his trowel or, you know, just tiny little like tiny little objectives that have a bit of puzzle around them. So I read recently that the the farm that they showed in a three minute demo is just one part of like a much larger town that you make your way through. Right. Which has got me so excited for this game. It's like... Yeah, yeah. It l- Super cool. It looks really fun and cartoony and like... It's, I think it's an Australian dev game too, right? I think it is actually. Yeah, yeah you might be right. But um, that's the thing. When they showed the like, hi, we're an Untitled game publisher. I was like, oh my God, Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> and I was overwhelmed, which I'm like, well, this looks cool, but it'd be better if it was Goose. <laughs> um, so those are, those are the two that I really kind of like... Le- leaving aside something as obvious as like, when is Kentucky Route Zero Chapter Five coming out? Like, those are the two games that I really wanted to see at E3, and they didn't show up. Yeah, true. Um, any any others for you? For me, it is the final campaign of uh, Shovel Knight. Okay, Shovel Knight, King of Cards, mm-hmm. in which you play as uh, uh, the final king, whose name escapes me right now, but he's got a, his big yellow um, oh, Shovel Knight, King of Cards. I have to look it up because it's my one chance to say his name. If you don't say his name. Uh, it, it, the, he actually final, jumps out of the screen and stabs you in the face. The final chapter will never come out. Um, but um, not only do you ha- is it like a, you know a whole bunch of new levels and then also reworkings of the original levels where you play as a new character with new, a new move set and that makes the actual gameplay itself completely different to mm-hmm. the other campaigns. You can also just straight up play cards. Oh, okay. And uh, people are saying that it could have just been a new full price game, but if you've bought, if you either backed Shovel Knight as a Kickstarter or if you. Um, bought the kind of deluxe Shovel Knight pack, this is just going to be an automatic DLC update that you don't have to pay any money for. I read... There's a book I read a while ago. King Knight. King... <laughs> I don't know if I forget that. 
There's a book I read a while ago called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels that I highly recommend. Anybody listening to this podcast, you fucking love this book. Written by Jason Schreier from uh, Kotaku. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Where he just he goes into like the development process for a lot of like big games and small games, and one of the games he does is actually Shovel Knight, and it was it was this really interesting story because it's these guys who were working for like a game studio that just churned out like shitty licensed games they approached their bosses and were like look we want to do an original title um like we've got a good feeling about this can you give us the resources to do it the game publishers were like no so they said well you know they were they essentially launched on kickstarter at the time and had a really successful kickstarter launched the game but then they were in this weird situation where they promised so much during the Kickstarter, which is all these extra kind of like playing all the extra levels and the nights and stuff, mm-hmm. that two years after the game had been released, they were still working on Shovel Knight. And they were sort of reaching this point of like, oh my God, why did we promise so much? We just <laughs> want to make a new game, but like we've been endlessly working on Shovel Knight. Which leads you to think that they would just like shovel this shit out and not give a fuck about it. But the amount of care that yeah. goes in, like the campaign that came out last year, the Plague Knight, one I like better than the main Shovel Knight game. Oh wow! Okay, like like much better. I think the the the, the gameplay is so much more fun playing as his character. Mm. So, um, th- I'm, that's like one of my most anticipated games, and I I, I really thought that when uh, during the Nintendo conference when Reggie uh, was talking to the camera and he had his Switch in the background and you could see the Shovel Knight logo on the, on the Switch in his in his menu, I was like, "Fuck yeah, we're gonna get it!" Here my body n- my body night is ready. Yeah, uh, but we didn't get it. Instead, Damn. we got uh, Undercooked Two. And uh, and Hollow Knight, mm. we got a different night, and we also got another game that I'm going to be talking about in a minute called Killer Queen. Sure. Uh, any other any other missed ones? Uh, no, that's it. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Let's dig on in. Um, First of all, what did you think of E3 overall this year? Mm, there was there were a boatload of awesome indies. Some of the AAAs, like there were definitely some standout AAAs, but on the whole, like kind of. I, I don't know, maybe maybe we're in a part of a cycle where it's like a lot of the stuff's already been announced. And that's the thing as well, there were like a lot of a lot of games were being announced prior to E three. Leaks which, or whatever, yeah. No, not so much leaks, like I mean Ubisoft were just like, here's what the new Assassin's Creed is. That was because it got leaked. Oh, because right? yeah. it got leaked. Okay. Well I guess yeah, then then leaks were responsible for a lot of that. But like Almost all of EA's conference was uninspiring, I, I guess. Mean, who saw that coming? <laughs> yeah, oh, crazy. Microsoft had a really good Prezo, and, you know, I, I agree with the things being tossed around that they won E3, but I don't think it's because... I think they won in they won E3 in the same way that you win a game of pool when your opponent sinks the black too early. I just think that they had they had the best show, but I don't think they had the best games. Yeah, they had they had the best show and they had a great lineup of games and really they couldn't afford to have another bad show. Also, I don't think you can actually win if you announce a gear, like if if your game if your show <laughs> contains a Funko Pop uh game you you can't you can't win. You, you technically you, can't yeah, yeah. win. No one won E3. You this lost year. by default. Um, Ubisoft were really cool, but we won't be discussing any of that because none of it was small. Did you? I thought I saw on your list that you consider Trials a potential. Uh, Actually, indie game. yeah. Okay, look that that is. Yeah, I mean that Red looks Li- fucking great. Red Links is a small. Red Links is owned by Ubisoft, but it started as a small studio. Trials was a, Trials was a web game before yeah. it was a console game. So I guess spiritually, I'm shouting out Trials. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Trials Rising. Yep. Yep. I'm just so psyched that it's coming to Switch. Oh yeah, and, it'll and, be it'll be so fun on Switch. And it's a you know it's a um, a platformer where you ride a motorbike. Yeah, 
very, very it's almost a physics puzzle like mm-hmm. just learning how to maneuver the, the motorcycle but yeah i guess i guess like i said technically speaking trials is an indie game um and we can tick that one off my list because we've talked about it now <laughs> um but yeah Ubis- ubisoft's had some cool looking triple a's uh PlayStation had a very, very weird conference. It was the worst run show by far. Yeah, but amazing, some amazing games in it. And um, I could, I can rant vulgarly for about half an hour about Death Stranding and what I think of Hideo Kojima. Uh, but we won't do that here. You don't, you went, you're, you're keen or not keen? Uh, I, I agree with what you said on Hey Fam, another one of Levin's fantastic podcasts. Definitely give it a listen. Verify. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with what you said that I'm interested to see what he's doing, but I'm not interested in the game yet. Yeah, I, 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 I think he doesn't give a fuck yet. I, I think it's, he's going to win everyone over once this actually once people know what it is. But this, I mean, is, this is purely for fanboys. I know, but I'm. I'll say one thing. I'm curious to see if PlayStation will hit the same point Konami hit with Metal Gear Solid Five, where they just go. You've been fucking around for this for so long, and we've pumped so much money into you, and we still have nothing. The counter to that is Sony knew what they were getting into. Do they know the depth of it, though? Yeah, Do they know I think, how I'm sure. They, I, I reckon I know that. Like, they have the money that will just allow them to keep K- K- um, Kojima working on this game. That will, like, just having him on board appeases so many people that, like. It might be the cynic in me, but there, there's there's always a point where that flips to oh, yeah. like. Look, I think I think it won't be until that game comes out and potentially sucks, which I'm not saying it will. But if it does, that's when they're like, "Oh, whoops, we had a big mistake." But yeah. until then, it is the like, uh, what's the thing about the fucking the cat, the Schrodinger's cat? Sure. Somehow, we, we, figure out an analogy. It's, it's death Schrodinger's. <laughs> we don't know what the game's like till the game comes out. That's yeah. very fair. And here we are talking about a big game, <laughs> but there was there was another great game that I, I again maybe spiritually an indie that i'll meant we'll talk about a bit later on called control mm-hmm. in the playstation one that you know we'll get into that later but um nintendo had some great indies devolver digital was awesome just it's just just, just a bonkers show i yeah, love that it exists just because it's it's literally just a satire of your normal kind of thing but um, they they had some great games they're the bitcoin that you can buy oh was a great that you great can sketch. actually buy yeah loot loot box coin yeah um, I, I think yeah between that and the um the alexa skyrim game that actually exists yeah that was the two two great funny things that like oh cool actually like really really made it real yeah um which reminds me, Bethesda, again, some great games announced, but we won't be discussing them because they're big games. Are you, Bethesda- a, are you a Bethesda boy? Oh, I mean, yes. It's totally fine if you are. I, I just, yeah, I, I, nothing they make really appeals to me. I love, I loved Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein's just a batshit. Yeah, I, Wolfenstein, the, is Wolfenstein and Doom do, and I but like, they're ID to me. I, the uh, Bethesda look, kind of that's like... That's fair, I guess. Um, is it, you say id or ID? Id. Oh, it, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and Fallout. Look, I I really liked Fallout Three. I really liked Fallout New Vegas. I, based on what they've described about Fallout Seventy Six, I just don't give a shit. I don't. Yeah. It's not. I don't want to play a Fallout MMO. Uh, you know. It's, you don't want to play an MMO, basically. Yeah, you, you, indeed. Yeah. I never want to play an MMO. Um, yeah. I, it just it. It's concentrating on so many of the things that I disliked about Fallout 4 that I just... I'm not interested, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, let's let's start. What did you? Well, that was what I thought of E three. What did you think of E three Levens? Well, yeah, I, I, I think Microsoft had the Dick. best show, and I think, but I think that the best games for me, my favorite games that I saw were in um, PlayStation, PlayStation, and, yeah. and Nintendo. Uh, shows, yeah, like fair. Smash Brothers and uh, and the the Fire Emblem game. I'm super excited for Mario Party, and the indies in in Nintendo show were really appealing to me, and also. Um, uh, like you know, I knew all of the games that Sony announced. Like all the ones, the new ones that they, that they announced during their show, I wasn't super like into. But um, like Spider Man for me was just like so thrilling. Anyway, you can hear my thoughts uh, in, in in excruciating depth, uh, full with many many mistakes, as John has pointed out uh, <laughs> since we hung out, since we recorded last week uh, on the la- latest episode of Hey Fam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did two and a half hours, uh, two hours of which are all about E3. Very enjoyable. Um, I, I listened. Fun. I listened to the day it came out. Awesome, because it was like it was like being there, but not being able to give my opinion. And in fact, uh, that episode was released uh, in the Weekly Planet feed this week as oh, well. Dope. So a whole bunch of new people have come over to to, to Hey Fam as that with that as their first episode, <laughs> which is really funny because I feel like like me and Angus at this point are just like you know creating bizarre tangents for yeah. for people that know us really well for that first half hour. So f- uh, welcome f- to the fold, everybody. The foreskin awakens. I think sums <laughs> that up perfectly. Um, but hey, enough about that other podcast. Let's talk about this one and yeah. specifically the indie games that were announced at E3. Um, I'll let you start, John. What's one of the ones that really jumped out at you? All right. Um, I have I have a big old list here, but if we're talking jumped out, I'll start with the one I was I'll start with the one I mentioned for the PlayStation one. It's a game called Control. It's by Remedy Entertainment, who um, are the devs behind games like. The first Max Payne game mm-hmm. before Rockstar bought it. Uh, the Alan Wake's uh, pair of games. Quantum Break, which came out on Xbox, Xbox a couple of years ago. So they're sort of... I'd, I'd almost put them in the bucket of like a triple I, mm-hmm. which is like an indie version of your triple A's. Uh, it's being published by 505 Studios, which are most known for doing stuff like Payday 2, I think. Right. Like they work with Starbury Studios a lot, who are another sort of bigger indie developer. Control just looked like it just it blew me away. Just that trailer is it does such a good job of kind of setting the atmosphere for the game. I I know the little I know of the story is that you play a woman called Jessie who works for a a government institution called the Federal Bureau of Control, which is housed in a building called the Oldest House. Um, the Oldest House has been invaded by an enemy called the Hiss. Who have killed the, the 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 former director of the FBC, putting Jesse in charge? But the problem is that Jesse has lost her memories, and so the game is kind of about you fighting your way through the oldest house, trying to get rid of the hiss and trying to regain your memories. Do you know what this sounds like, John? What an inside house game! <laughs> uh, but it's not. It's third person. Yeah, you run right. around. You shoot. Um, the 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 building they're in kind of reminds me of Aperture Science or Aperture Laboratories from from Portal Two in that it, the building kind of can reconfigure itself. Oh, cool! Um, just just go and watch the trailer. There's a, there's also like a four minute gameplay snippet that is also just absolutely incredible. I'm gonna make John post all of these trailers on our Twitter this week. Okay, cool. That'll be fun. Sure. Yeah. yeah big into it. Um, yeah, I think it just it it looks incredible. The atmosphere looks amazing. I'm I'm so excited to find out more about this world that you inhabit. And um, you you also it appears that as you play, you you gain kind of these amazing telekinetic powers, so you can like use environmental stuff to to fight enemies as well. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, just, that looks sweet. Yeah, uh, do you reckon it's going to be a PS4 exclusive? I'm. 
going to go out on a limb and say probably console exclusive. Right. And I'm fingers crossed it gets PC releases. Well. Sure. Well, that was easily the best 3D shooter that I saw yeah. um, uh, at E3 this year. But the best 2D shooter goes to a game that I saw in the Devolver Digital Showcase. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's been developed by someone called Dead Toast Entertainment, and it's called it's, My Friend Pedro. It's one guy. One guy. Dead Toast Entertainment is one guy who mostly makes web games before he made oh, My Friend Pedro. Oh, he made Nunchuck Charlie. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, his name is Victor Argan. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so My Friend Pedro is described as a violent ballet about friendship, imagination, and one man's struggle to obliterate anyone in his path at the behest of a sentient banana. You can't go it's past... It's pretty stock standard yeah. uh, video game yeah. stuff. Look, we've all played a game just like that before. This looks absolutely insane. Um, just so fun and bonkers and just like the kind of violence that is is genuinely joyous. Yeah, um, so so over the top. So over the top without being like gross. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, very, very cartoony slapstick kind of violence. Um, and at one point you like throw a fry pan in up in the air and then you shoot the fry pan and then bullets fly left or right and, and hit Ricochet, your enemies. Yeah. Uh, you, There's also a bit where you're like on a skateboard and you like kick flipping the skateboard into people's heads and taking them out that way. Just, just dumb and fun. Which um, is which is two words that you you describe a video game as dumb and fun, and I am there. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been described as a violent two D Max Payne by people that have played uh, yeah it, demos of it. It looks like it. It looks like it has some bullet time stuff in it, which is really cool. Um, and uh, it's coming to Switch and Steam. Hell yeah! Super good. Yeah, and it was, a, yeah, it was cool to see. Um, that covers the two of us. Yeah, great. It's cool yeah. to see two two games coming to Switch and the Devolver um, uh, digital. Show, which is something because you know we, we've spoken in the past about how few of their games are actually available on yeah, Switch. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their back catalogue is is a desert for Switch users. But the other one is, I'm guessing, Metal Wolf Chaos. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't know if that counts as an indie because it's from Software, which is Bloodborne and yeah, Dark Souls. This is like from this 2004. Is, this is from ages ago, and they were probably a really small studio. It, ne- it never came to anywhere outside of Australia, of Japan. Yeah, and uh, this is the first time it's it's going. You know, getting a Western release and the campaign behind it, which is Mech America Great Again, yeah. is just mwah, brilliant. The whole the whole game is about it's set in America. The president has been there's been a coup that's kicked the president out of office. Like the vice president spearheaded it, but both the president and the vice president have mech suits. So good, yeah. So it's just stupid. just bonkers. Um, really look forward to that one. What? what oh. Okay, my friend Pedro. Um, another game that I'm really excited for is After Party. So it's by Night Night School Studio. Uh, who Oxenfree? Yes, did Oxenfree. Uh, it's the second game from them. I loved Oxenfree. It's I need to play really, that. really good. Really creepy. This new one is about a guy and a girl. I want to say Max and Lola, maybe. I know the girl's definitely called Lola. I can't remember the guy's name. But they are dead and in hell, and they find out that. There is a uh, a way to escape hell, but it involves beating the devil in a drinking game. So it looks very similar to uh, Oxenfree gameplay in that you kind of like, it's almost like platformer-esque or you sort of run around and talk to people and they use the same kind of dialogue mm-hmm. system as, as Oxenfree, it seems, where like your choices pop up. But it just look it looks fun and f- like it looks really funny. You know, you're in you're in this weird version of hell. It's all about drinking. Just seems like a really good time. Yeah, definitely. Like you know, like I said, love docs and free. It looks very similar. Does it looks similar graphically as well. Or yeah, yeah. Same engine, probably. Maybe, yeah. maybe could be. Like obviously, you're in hell, but 
Um, yeah, so that's another one that I'm super excited for. I can't remember. I think that was um, like Microsoft. One one thing that I will say about Microsoft in the last probably three or four E3s is they always have just a rock solid indie line. Like they'll always, I think, you know, because they've at the beginning of their thing, they were like, we're going to show you 50 games today. <laughs> I think about 12 to 15 of those games are indie games. Which is fucking rad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So I'm very excited about this next game. Um. It maybe is probably it's probably my favorite game. Um. That was an, was announced at E3 this year. Um. It first popped up during the Xbox show, and then again during the PC gaming show, where they gave an extensive look at it, and um. They had the developers out on stage talking about their inspiration and what they want to do with the game. The game is called Sable. Um. And it is uh a game that is just kind of being celebrated by everyone right now yeah. as like one of the standouts um, at E3. Um, people are saying it's like the prettiest game on the on the floor this year. Um, people are comparing it to, it looks like a, a Mobius, the French uh, comic book artist. Um, it looks like one of his comics. Um, <laughs> my wife hit me up on Messenger. So you, you, was like, who, sorry? My wife. <laughs> my wife hit me up on Messenger. was like, what was that game you were really excited about? The one that looks like Tintin? And I was just like... Yeah, right, fine. I'll pay, I'll pay that. You get that. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like a Mobius comic. It's beautiful, uh, like, really, really, uh, like, vibrant, but still, like, like it looks like a like a like a like a cartoon strip. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's cell cell shaded graphics. I think is the is the the technical term for yeah. how it looks. And so they get the developers get up on stage and say that their biggest influences are um, uh, uh, Mobius and uh, and Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Um, Miyazaki. Um, which is immediately like, oh my god, a good song. oh this yeah. is exciting, and then people saying that it um, reminds them a lot of playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. Oh, um, gameplay wise, yeah. So I'm, I'm like amazing. a bit worried about this game getting hyped to the point that No right. Man's Sky was, and then everyone suddenly <laughs> turning on it. But uh, this looks brilliant. The the soundtrack is by a Japanese breakfast, Japanese breakfast, who I'm, I'm not familiar with, but people that like uh, goofy indie stuff are very excited about that that I'm, little tidbit. I have I have given up on music, but my god. <laughs> That song in the trailer, uh, which I will post to Twitter over the week, that song in the trailer just oh, hit me right in the heart. It's so beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been published by Raw Fury, um, and it's been made by two dudes from Shedworks. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, it's it's called Sable. Um, I'm 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 anticipating this in like uh, hotly. Yes. Hotly anticipating I'm, this. I'm definitely. All aboard that hype train with you. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, another game that showed up during the Xbox keynote uh, that I've seen, I saw a while ago. I just, I think it was really rad that it popped up in the Xbox one is a game called Harold Halibut. Yes. Um, it is a, as far as I know, it's like, it's essentially like a point and click adventure, but the really awesome thing about it is it's um, all the sets in the game are hand built. They're all models, and they've used this. Um, this sort of—I don't know if they pioneered the technique, but I, I think it's—it's it's rarely been used in, or it hasn't been used in video games before, where it's kind of like digital stop motion. So they scan these like three D models into the like they hand kind of craft these three D character models, then scan them like three D scan them very detailed, and then animate them in the game, like animate them using software. So it's like it's it's a real model, but just being added, like animated digitally. Um, you play as this guy, like 
it's set on a I think a space station that's crashed into the ocean on a on a planet, mm-hmm. and so it's all about you're you're a guy. I want to say janitor, but that might be space quest throwback. <laughs> um, but you're a guy that's just looking for a way to get out of the ship and off this planet. Essentially, mm-hmm. not not many details about it, um, but I think it just the the look of it is incredible. It almost like I I hesitate to say Wes Anderson esque sort of. Um, Because then we'll all be disappointed if Jeff Goldblum isn't it. Yeah, exactly. He plays the ocean. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so not not many more details. I just think it was really awesome that it showed up in the Xbox keynote. Definitely, like like, cool, cool that they're getting that kind of recognition. All Um, right, you game for game. Another um, Xbox uh, game that showed up during Xbox's show was um, one that I've seen a lot of people kind of uh, respond negatively to. Uh, because it reminds them so much of Zelda, but like a really cute version of. Um, the game is called Tunic. Yeah. Um, and uh, you play as a fox, uh, and it's an adventure, kind of top-down adventure game. Yeah. Um, where, you know, you... you, you Not really, you, isometric, but Isometric, sure. 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 But you're, you're collecting, uh, you know, magical artifacts and, and uh, upgrading your, your stuff to set things on fire and... Uh, unlock puzzles. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much describing a Zelda game. Yeah. It, it looks it looks a lot like a Zelda game, but the uh, art style is pretty drastically different. Yeah, um, and, almost, and I'd almost say like tilt shifty. Like everything looks like a tiny toy kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it looks really really sweet, and uh, that genre of game it, it always appeals to me. And so there were a few like little things. Like uh, at this point, I'm not sure if Sable um, is coming to any platform besides uh, Windows and um, and and Xbox. Um, of course, but if uh, if both Tunic and Sable, and you can hold oh, me to this, shit. come to Xbox, oh, I will buy an Xbox. That's big. Yeah, that's huge. Because of course, this means like PlayStation will announce they're both coming tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and they're both exclusives to PlayStation. <laughs> like, how'd that happen? <laughs> um, interesting to note for Tunic, the developer is Finji, uh, who are known for Night in the Woods, oh, which is a game I think right. a game I think both of you go. Both of us go, oh, we got to play that game. Yeah, and then we never get around to it. They're also working on another game called Overland, which is like a turn-based kind of like... It's it's some kind of weird monster apocalypse and you're trying to survive. It's cool for to see them doing more gamey games because what, what made me hesitant to play Night in the Woods is that I don't really like story-based yeah, of course. games. Like, you know, choose your own adventure-esque games sure. where you don't really play a game. Oh, you're going to hate Oxen Free, but you shouldn't because it's amazing. Okay. But, um, maybe, maybe that will be what, what, what convinces me otherwise. Look, yeah. I, I loved Overwatch. But that was just gaming. Firewatch. No, Firewatch. Right. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! A combined Overwatch Firewatch game. That would be. That would be very just, interesting. Just all, all the all the Overwatch characters with really big clunky it's, hands. It's the same. It's the same as Firewatch, but you play as a giant gorilla this time around. <laughs> um, yeah. So cool. Like amazing to see that from Finji. Although, intro- like. I'm kind of like, look, Overland was announced a while ago, and that's not out. Now they've got Tunic. This was pretty far along. It's always weird to see, especially something like an indie dev, where it's like, hey, we've got a new game coming out. And it's like, but what about the other game you and like... Double Fine did it a while ago when when Broken Age wasn't even finished, but they were announcing like two or three other games we're making. And it's like, just... We all backed it on Kickstarter. Can you just fucking finish Broken Age, please? (laughs) Um, What else have I got on this list that looks... Dope. Uh, Planet Alpha. Uh, not a lot. I think this was another one that just showed up as a snippet during the Microsoft um, during the Microsoft keynote. Yeah, they, they did a very long montage with heaps of interesting yeah, little games. In yeah, yeah. Uh, th- but that's the thing. I don't. Planet Planet Alpha didn't show up anywhere else in 
you know, it wasn't in the PC gaming keynote. It was just that little snippet. But it looks, it's a left to right platformer. Ooh. Ooh. I love those. Yeah. I'm, you know, inside, what up? Um, but you play an astronaut exploring a planet and it's just the little, the little snippet of gameplay they showed is just this really lush, interesting world that you're moving through. Like one of those games where it's just like, I want to, I want, I think when we, when we had a meetup over the weekend, uh, another member of this Facebook group, a, a very nice lady called Beck Crew, made an interesting point where... You totally sounded like, like, uh, an Jerry, idiot? no, Jerry, uh, like, oh, nice lady. Nice, oh, even. <laughs> um, yes, a fellow member of ePal's Beck Crew made an interesting point that she likes to play games where she wants to visit the world they're set in. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, Fallout 76. And she was like, I don't want to live in that world. I don't care. <laughs> Um, so this is one of those games where it's like, I want to live in the, like, I want to visit the world that this is set in. Um, nothing really interesting about the developer, Planet Alpha Team, so they were set up literally just to make the game. Um, I guess, see what they've done afterwards. Um, so one of the games announced during the Nintendo, uh, conference was, uh, a pretty big announcement, um, that, uh, had been, uh, like predicted by the kind of funny guys on their podcast. Um, so I kind of was aware of this game because of their excitement in the lead up to E3. Right. Um, and it's a game that was uh, previously only available as an arcade game. Um, oh, yes. And, uh, you know, only in America, I guess. Sure. Um, maybe outside of America, but never in Australia. Um, the game's called Killer Queen and it's being released uh, on, uh, on Switch and PC as Killer Queen Black. Um, it's a real-time strategy platform video game with like an 8-bit style um, developed by Bumblebear Games and published by them too. Um, but it's, it's a, you know, when you, when you play it in an arcade, you play, it's 10 people, five versus five. And um, it's almost like a kind of like, like a sport kind of game that where you also shoot, but then you collect the things that you gain once you kill the enemies and you, and you kind of, like it, it looks like you're doing you're having to do a whole bunch of different tasks. It looks mm. like a, like a really great esport game. Sure. Um, but I, I'm kind of bummed that I, that I'm not able to play this physically in an arcade. But uh, being able to play it because the setup looks really sick, but it also looks like a great Switch game too. But the one big difference uh, between Killer Queen and Killer Queen Black is that it's no longer five v five; it's four v four. Right, um, which I think it makes more sense given like the kind of uh, Joy-Con setup of, yeah. of the Switch. But, no, um, no one's just wandering around with one spare Joy-Con. Yeah, but look, it looks it looks fucking awesome. There's like uh, three ways to win. You can ride the snail to your team's net, and <laughs> you, or you can fill your team's hive with berries, or, or you can kill the enemy queen three times. Okay. Um, so like, yeah, it, it, it looks really fun. The art style is really simple and awesome. And, um, this is like one, just one of those like just absolutely killer online games. Sure. And there are very few games that I'll say that about. Um, previous games that I love playing multiplayer online are like Duck Game or, um, Nidhog. Nidhog. Um, and this looks to kind of like feel cool. that same kind of niche. Yeah. It, when I, when I saw the, saw the snippet during the Switch thing, I was like, oh, Duck Game. Oh no. Whoa. What's that snail doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks... I, I kind of wish they sold it a bit better in the conference, but um, it's definitely going to be one that I'll be getting day one and trying to convince everyone else in my life to as well. Awesome. Um, another standout I think you'll agree on is... I mean, uh, EA, despite having a pretty terrible conference, their EA original section was that's dope. The, that's like the shining light like, of that conference. Yeah, because they shadow-dropped Unravel 2. 
Yep, I was going to talk about that very is, briefly. Okay, um, do you want to hit that now? I loved and finished um, Unravel the first game when it came out, and I, I'm, it was surprising that that didn't get more love. Um, but it's a, it's a really good, yeah, it's like a really solid seven out of ten platformer. Yeah. It's very very charming. It has quite a moving story. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as like a, a dude made out of uh, yarn. Yanni. Yanni is his name, and you um, kind of like unlocking memories for um, a person whose house you are in at the start of the game. Okay. Um, and you're the whole all the gameplay mechanic revolves around you being made of yarn and kind of tying yourself to things and blowing in the wind and uh you know pulling off weird bouncy moves because you are made of yarn sure yeah but then the sequel is uh yeah there's two players now there's a there's two of you both made of yarn you can play co-op um and hilariously they're red and blue um and which uh, which which device has a red Joy-Con and a and a blue Joy-Con that would be great to play this co-op in? Turbo Graphics, that's right? Exactly, but yeah. yeah, it's not coming. It's not coming to Switch, bizarrely. Oh, that's um, yeah, um, that's dumb. Yeah, but maybe it will in like a deluxe package hey, at some point later in the year. You don't get to be the most hated company in America by releasing <laughs> by releasing good games for Switch. Um, but the other game that they dealt with uh, during the EA original section was Sea of Solitude. Which looks pretty cool, in my opinion. Um, yeah, great trailer. I, I'm not sure what kind of game it is, but it looks cool and the art style is great. It, it reminds me of... It, it seems to remind me of a game I played a while ago on Steam called Submerged, which is where you are you are a girl exploring exploring a sort of a, a city that's partially submerged to try find medicine for your brother. So you kind of... You, you, you drive around in a boat and then there's climbing and sort of uh 3d platforming sort of stuff to explore you know you climb up these skyscrapers to explore them sort of thing i don't know if it's exactly like that but um the game is sort of based on how loneliness can turn your perception of yourself into like a monster essentially Mm. and so it's all about kind of harnessing that that monstrousness it seems i mean they didn't go into much detail but the game definitely looks cool and you know I'll, I'll I'll pay attention to EA Originals more than I'll pay attention to the EA Sports. Definitely, and they got the uh, the dev on stage, and she just seemed really really stoked yeah. for for them to be making the game. And apparently, the EA Originals doesn't make EA any money; they lose money on uh, on making these games. Yeah. So uh, I'm, uh, I think that's pretty noble, you know, for, for a company that do very little noble things. Pretty cool. Of them. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of ignoble stuff that happened during ignoble that, <laughs> during that conference. That is the opposite of noble. Is it really? Yeah. Ignoble. Ig Noble. Don't say I never taught you nothing, Levs. Um, you, got any, you got anything that's else? That's it for me. That's it for you. Um, that was that one game where like every pixel is randomly generated? Yes, Noita. Noita. Uh, made by Nola Studios, um, which is a small team in Helsinki. Uh, it looks kind of like it's, it's a, you know, sort of like a pixel pixel exploration, like side-scrolling, platforming kind of explore- combat game and exploration. Just tried to say exploration three times and fucked it up every time. <laughs> but the interesting thing about this game is you said that every pixel is physically simulated. So, by which I mean there's no, like, there's no block-stamped patterns to make walls. You can, you can do, like, if, if you shoot at a wall, the wall will disintegrate. If, you know, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that kind of thing. So I think it, it adds a lot of kind of cool physical stuff you can do to the world to, to traverse through and solve puzzles and that kind of thing. And Com- the, the, the art style overall, like even discluding the, the, the pixel thing, it just looks so cool. Yeah. Looks really dope. Um, Outer Wilds, which is a game by a studio called Mobius Digital Games, looks sort of like it's got like a almost, 
I hesitate to say this because it carries such baggage, but like a No Man's Sky kind of feel where you're flying through space and exploring Uh-oh. planets. But this seems to be a lot more smaller in scale, a lot more narrative focused, um, a little bit cuter maybe, a little bit more wacky. Um, that's definitely one. I mean, the 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 three words that make made me sit up and pay attention is collaboration with Annapurna. Yep. So definitely yep. paying attention Sounds to good. that. Um, Ashen, which is a game by Aurora44, that's a New Zealand developer, sort of, um, dare I say, Dark Souls-ish. Uh, again, got to play a little bit of this at PAX Australia last year. Very, very difficult, but but really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, art style's really great. I'll, I, I will have a trailer up for this. Um, Below, which is the new oh, game yeah, from Capybara good. Games, yeah, yeah. which I'm kind of like... That was announced two E3s ago. Like, I'm sort of like... Oh, just, really? Just yeah, yeah. Get it done, guys. <laughs> get it out. Um, Children of Mortar, which is a game... It's a collaboration between two studios, 11-Bit and Dead Mage. Uh, 11-Bit are responsible for War of Mine and Frostpunk, among other titles. Um, this looks cool. It kind of reminded me a little of Hyperlight Drifter. Like that kind of pixel style, isometric hack and slash kind of game. There's something in it where you play like a family that's defending a mountain or protecting a village from a mountain. What show was this one in? Uh, that was in Xbox. Oh, cool. It was in the Xbox one. Uh, Dead Cells uh, by a studio called Motion Twin, who mostly make web games. This is their kind of debut big title. Dead Cells has been in early access on Steam for ages, so I assume this is, means it's coming to consoles. Really fun, kind of like platformy roguelite. Um, I actually think you'd, you'd really enjoy it, and I really okay. hope it comes to Steam. Count me in. Uh, talked about Tunic, talked about Planet Alpha, Sable, Unravel 2, Sea of Solitude, my friend Pedro, Metal Wolf Chaos, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah, that looks great. Yep. Um, that, that's another game that would almost convince me to get it on Xbox. Yep. Um, if you... Uh, I didn't... Pay a, like it's cool. They showed a few kind of new gameplay mechanics for it, um, uh, but previously announced. So it's one of those things where it's, it's got a release date. Did it? Which one, sorry? Ori and the Will uh, of the Wisps. This, the next year, next year. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, Trials Rising, which we discussed earlier. Don't Starve Hamlet. You yeah. loved Don't Starve, huh? I, the survival I did, game. Yeah, I really did. Like Clay. Again, it's one of those, like, they released it on iOS, and it's just, it was one of those perfect, like, oh, I can play this everywhere now. This oh, is cool. great. Oh, sweet. Um, they've, they've really kind of, it's interesting, because this is, like, the almost fifth iteration on the Don't Starve gameplay. They've had, like, Don't Starve, this is a base game, Don't Starve Together, which is where they went multiplayer, Don't Starve Giants, which is where they introduced, like, huge creatures and more dangers to the world. Don't Starve Shipwrecked, which is where it became, like, you build boats and sail from island to island. And so I'm curious as to what Hamlet is going to do. It looks like there are cities of pigs and, like, tombs you can explore and stuff like that. Um, I'm interested, but not necessarily overwhelmingly excited, like Mm -hmm. I am about some of the other games. Uh, Control, we've discussed. Overcooked 2. Yeah, Overcooked is, like, one of the most stressed out I've ever been. I've I've played single player and I played with my wife and and I think she like she was better than me just because I I just was like I could see what what was to come and I yeah. was like I don't want I don't want no part of this. <laughs> um, sinking the Sinking City, which was a PC gaming show, um, it's a Lovecraft inspired sort of ex, like um, third person exploration game. Mm-hmm. Um, based on, I think, Mouth of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft, which is where you're essentially exploring this city 
um, that's that's partially underwater, trying to you're like a detective or something, and you're trying to solve a case. Looks cool. We'll post whatever I can find about it. Uh, Maneater by Blindside Interactive, which is a spin-off of a multiplayer game called Depth. Uh, Depth was a it was a game that was scuba divers versus sharks. So right. Maneater is a single player um, action RPG where you play as a shark that's trying to find like the fisherman that killed your mother. Uh, so you, okay. just, you just swim around eating stuff that and sounds like awesome. upgrading yourself. And really, pe- eat stuff and people. Eat, eat. Well, you eat like other sea creatures. You can like kind of beach yourself and grab swimmers from beaches and stuff like that. It just looks dope. Um, and then the final one on my list of stuff I was interested in is uh, Rapture Rejects. Oh yeah, I saw which this one. is this um, is it. it's uh, it's by Galvanic Games and Explosum Games and Explosum Games are. I guess a spin-off of the guy that makes the Cyanide and Happiness webcomic. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah this is the, the the final of three uh yeah, the, Battle Royale games announced yeah. during the PC gaming conference. And and with the exception of Midnight, which I think just nailed the formula really well, I don't much care for Battle Royale games, but the reason it's caught my attention is it is it's an interesting remix of the Battle Royale formula in that it's not third-person or first-person shooter, it's like isometric. almost isometric in the cyanide and happiness um, art style, which I'm not a fan of the comics, but it actually translates quite well to video yeah, game. Yeah, um, and um, like the idea of the game is that the rapture has happened, so you play as someone who didn't get raptured, and you're just running around killing people. Cool. Um, yeah, like I said, it's an interesting wrinkle on the on the uh, battle royale formula, which was sort of like i'll pay attention to that that looks cool yeah it looks like you're just kind of finding whatever weapons you can find in this kind of like yeah. abandoned world yeah and uh, like you know so you can and it looks, like household it appliances looks, and stuff it looks way quicker than like a PUBG or a Fortnite. like i like Fortnite, but more often than not you'll spend five minutes running around and won't see anyone and then die <laughs> um so yeah that's our insanely long list of uh games that we're looking forward to that were announced uh during e3 yeah uh, as you can see there's no shortage of them which means uh, this is going to be a long and fruitful podcast indeed they they will some more release dates would have been nice like i think out of that whole list maybe two games uh, were shadow dropped yeah yeah man i love shadow drops yeah what do you love more do you love uh like and it's available right now or do you love oh and one more thing <laughs> It's available right now. Oh yeah, now. sometimes even sometimes it'll be like one more thing, and then they'll like do do like a sudden trailer, like when they did the uh, the hacking oh. cyberpunk. Oh yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of Microsoft's. Um, probably the O and one more thing because it's just one more game that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Like I I love a shadow drop as well, but it's in it. It's like I guess Unravel Two is dope, but it's rarely like. Oh, I've been hanging out for that one for ages. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight yeah. for me was like one I've been I, hanging out for all year. Yeah. But look, Shadow Drops are great, but I'd much rather more games have a like, and it's out on September blah, or August. Like, I I much prefer a like set release date. There you go. Yeah. Well, if you, we missed out any uh, game that you're excited for, let us know. All the small games at gmail.com is our email address, or you can follow us on Twitter at all the small game. No, no S on the end. No S, ran out of characters. Um, you can also find us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash all the small games. And uh, individually, we are um, on Twitter and f- Instagram as um, 16tacos for John yep. and at levdog for me. Yeah. Um, if you would b- kindly like to go check out my other podcasts as well while, we, while you're here, uh, Hey Fam, Serious Issues, The Mitchin and Old Raps, this is the week to do it. 
unlock that secret message and, mm. and, and reveal the the secrets of the world. The the secret is the friendships that we made along the way. Including this one. Yeah. Pleasure doing this with you, John. It's, see you next time. See you next time, mate. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.